1: on local now, channel five twenty five. Hey, it's Doug, and we're going to find out more today about the book "Read to Lead: The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career." My guest is Jeff Brown. For nearly thirty four years, Jeff earning his living from behind a microphone, first as an award winning broadcaster, more recently as an award nominated podcaster, consultant, and speaker. You can, like I, enjoy his weekly podcast, Read to Lead, which launched in 2013, and he's the co-author of that new book, uh, Read to Lead. Jeff, welcome.
0: Doug, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, I tell you, uh, for full disclosure... Uh, Jeff is my best friend. We're 20-plus buds, uh, like the brother I never had. Um, And uh, so I'm so excited for you um, to have this book and to see so many things come about. And I was actually a little nervous about interviewing you, to be truthful.
0: (laughs) Nothing to be nervous about. You're you're the pro. You're the pro.
1: (laughs) Everything I learn, I learn from listening to the Read to Lead podcast. (laughs) So we're going to dive right in. We're going to talk about reading. So I guess my first question has to do with you personally. How important is reading to you now? And then contrast that with how important reading was for you growing up.
0: Yeah, when I I first uh, was like a kid, my mom took us to the library. She read to us. I, I loved reading. I loved getting into books and just kind of losing myself in a book. And then I went to school. (laughs) And then then school changed everything because (laughs) in in school, you know, I grew up in junior high and high school. For the most part, having to read stuff, I had no interest in reading. And so when I left school, Doug, uh, for me, it was all about, okay. thank goodness I don't have to learn anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All that is over. It took me about 10 years to realize just how how silly that was, how narrow minded that was. I, I, I spent the better part of my 20s. Not learning at all. I didn't understand the value of the lifelong learning of always pushing myself to, to grow and, and you know, step outside my comfort zone. And it was in my early 30s when a mentor, uh, my boss at the time, introduced me to some nonfiction books, books that I wasn't paying attention to. And embarrassingly, I didn't even realize were, were out there and available. That you know, I, I've got problems that have already been solved, and guess what? People have written about it. <laughs> you can get the answer in a book instead of reinventing the wheel. And so, so that for me at that time was revelatory, and I started reading and just got really fascinated about how how I, all this information was in a single book i could take it with me it was all of it it wasn't a blog post it wasn't a video it wasn't just in part it was everything and it was in the book and it was the author's ideas and years of research and and all of that all in one place and that to me just changed everything and i've been a voracious reader ever since
1: when you talk about reading and people that do not read on a regular basis feel that they don't have the time for it and it makes me think when i was younger about the evelyn wood speed reading course are you a speed reader
0: yeah, my co-author, Jesse Wisniewski, uh, certainly is. And I uh, have come to, since knowing him the last few years, uh, uh, to know more about speed reading, to to attempt speed reading. I still prefer a, a leisurely reading uh, pace, uh, but, but Jesse uh, is the true uh, speed reading expert.
1: Excellent. So we'll read more about that in the book, Read to Lead, to get some tips. Obviously, if you're not a reader on a consistent basis, just like anything that you want to try to do better on, exercise or diet, um, how do you get into something? How how do you create that new habit of reading?
0: Well, I think it starts, and a lot of people miss this as, as basic as this sounds, Doug, but I think it starts with deciding, okay, what are you interested in? Who interests you? What topics interest you? What places interest you? What people interest you? And when you can start there and identify some of those things, there are books written about each and every one of those topics. So begin there, begin with your interests. And as you dive in, those interests are going to lead you down other paths and other interests you you didn't even know you had. And so start there. The next thing to do, and I often have people ask me or say to me, Jeff, you know, I don't have time to read. How do you find time to read? And the first thing I might ask him is, well, what are some of your favorite TV shows? And they start Answering that question, and they stop, sort of mid-answer, and go, "Oh, I see what you, I see what, <laughs> I see what, what there. you did there. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there." Um, uh, but, but seriously, uh, you really, I think, if you want to make a habit of it, you've got to treat uh, reading as important as you treat your other appointments or other meetings. I schedule my reading time. If I actually want to have time to read, I schedule it and I protect it just like any other meeting. A lot of times when people ask for our time, which is, which is fine. That's going to happen, and, and we want to be helpful to other people, certainly. But uh, if we don't uh, you know, control our schedule, someone else will, and, and, mm. and, that, and that gets out of hand. And So when people ask for our time, we tend to default to yes, and if we say no, we, fe- we feel like we have to defend no to the other person. Mm. And I think what we need to start doing and understanding is the key is to default to no. And if we're going to say yes, we need to be able to defend that yes to ourselves. Uh, So that's kind of my stance on that. If somebody asks for for a piece of my time and I've set aside uh, that time to read, I can acquiesce. I can give up that time if I feel it's warranted. But I can also look at that time I've set aside to read and I can say, you know what? I have an appointment at that time. Can we try this some other time? Because I think an appointment with yourself – it should be treated as important uh, as an appointment with anybody else. That's how you protect it. And then the final thing I would say on that is start tiny. If you're having trouble getting motivated to read or finding time to read, and by that I mean like super uh, tiny. Dr. B.J. Fogg talks about this in his book, uh, Tiny Habits Appropriately. Um, build a habit recipe. Say, um, tie it to something, first of all, that you already do every day. That you don't have to think about. For me, that's like drinking uh, coffee every morning, right? Mm -hmm. And that goes great with reading books. And so your recipe might be you know, when I sit down to enjoy my morning cup of coffee, I will read the first page, or I will read the first paragraph, or I will read the first sentence, or maybe you make it so tiny that it's I will sit down with my morning cup of coffee. And just open the book. Mm. And then when you do that goal you've set, as as silly as that sounds, as simple as that sounds, then you celebrate. You do a Tiger Woods fist bump or you do a victory (laughs) sign with your hands in the air or you look in the mirror and you go, yes, you're awesome. And what you're doing is you're training your brain little by little to go, oh, this is something that we like. This is something that is Mm. good. This is something that we want more of. And uh, sooner uh, than later, you'll be sitting down and going, well, I opened the book. I'm here anyway. Why don't I just read a little bit? Mm. Fogg talks about this in the context of flossing his teeth, a habit that he had trouble with. He already brushed his teeth every day. So his habit was when I brush my teeth, I will floss one tooth. And, and, and that was all he needed to do to celebrate. And the next day, he would do the same thing and celebrate. And over time, it was like, well, I'm here anyway. Why don't I floss two teeth? <laughs> and now <laughs> flossing is a, is a simple habit that he doesn't have to think about. So start tiny. Don't be afraid to start almost uh, in a silly t- type of way, tiny, and then celebrate. It's going to feel silly when you first do it, but you're training your brain. You're programming your brain to want to do this thing more.
1: It really sounds like we have to relabel the whole thing if we're going into the idea that we equate reading as a chore or a negative. We have to understand that this reading, this intentional reading, is for our own betterment. And so it's a good thing for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just the idea uh, to me at one point of reading of any kind was like something you, you did to goof off. Um, and then then later when I began looking at uh, reading to learn, you know, there was a time in my life, as I mentioned earlier, where learning was the last thing I wanted to do. And for many of us, well, I'll read fiction and that's great too, but I don't want to read to learn. But I think we're really missing some awesome opportunities. If we think we don't need to read to learn, if we don't want to read to learn, basically what we're saying is, well, I don't need to think. I already have it mm. all figured out. Mm. I have everything figured out. And I just think that's 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 pompous. That's, that's hubris coming through. That's arrogant. And so there's still plenty for you to know, still plenty for you to learn. Again, start with those interests that you have uh, and, and then uh, explore uh, from there. And what you'll find is the more you do it, the more exciting and fun it will become. It may not be that way at first, but you'll eventually get there.
1: What's your take on uh, audiobooks versus reading books? My wife, Cheryl, loves to have the audiobooks in the background. Granted, they're mostly fiction. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what do you feel about that? Is, is, is that something someone should be able to celebrate?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it can depend on the, the type of book you're reading, I think. Uh, like uh, your wife, uh, Cheryl, I, I love to listen to um, biographies versus sitting down and reading a biography and consume it that way and especially uh, if it's an autobiography you know if it's the 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 the, the person writing about themselves mm-hmm. um but uh you know maybe your place in life is such that uh that's all you can squeeze in for me when i had a regular job i felt like the best way for me to make progress in reading was to listen to books uh, during my commute and so audiobooks were super Uh, helpful and important to me at that time because if i didn't leverage that time i didn't feel there was any other time i could leverage to read so depending on where you're at in life or maybe what kind of book you're consuming audiobooks are great now if it's a book that that you feel like you're going to learn from and then go out and execute you know and add certain things to to your to-do list after having read it that you want to uh uh uh, grow and put into practice and experiment, then that's probably a book that's going to be better if you can sit down and read it and hold it in your hands mm-hmm. and write in it and mark in it and dog ear the pages and all that. Uh, but again, there is a, a place for audiobooks just like any other kind of book. There's there, – to me – when people say, well, you know, I didn't really read it. I listened to it. No, 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 no. You read it. If you listen to it, it's that's just as good as having read it.
1: Read to lead the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career. Obviously, we all want to be successful. We all talk about dreaming big. And yet for the word dream, you have an acronym.
0: Ah, Yes. As as I have uh, interviewed nearly 400 authors over the last eight years, I began asking myself, well, besides being authors, These are all super, in many cases, super successful people, regardless of how you define success. Uh, Every one of these folks is doing some pretty amazing things. They're writing books about the amazing things that they're doing. And I wanted to know what these people have in common. What is it they all do? What are their personal habits? Um, And the D in that acronym, Doug, is they dance with discomfort. Mm. Uh, And I hinted at this earlier. They understand the value of doing things that scare them. They do one thing that scares them every day, as Eleanor Roosevelt once said. Uh, I used to be terrified of public speaking, uh, and I started reading about how to get better at it. And I started making myself do it in in small venues and then eventually larger venues. And I went from hating it and, and being fearful of it to actually loving to do it. And why would I put myself through that? Well, because I recognized that public speaking was a skill I needed to possess if I was going to achieve the goals I wanted to achieve. Uh, And the more I do it, the easier it becomes. And that's the the, the thing about things that make us uncomfortable or things that we want to do that we 're scared to do, mm. the more we do them, the easier they become because i don 't want to get to the end of my life, and neither do you and say to yourself, "You know what, um, I have all these regrets for not things that I did I wish i hadn 't done I have regrets for things I never tried. Mm. I have things that I never attempted and and getting outside your comfort zone, dancing with discomfort is going to lessen the likelihood you get to the end of your life and have regrets for things you didn 't do." The R in that acronym we've already talked about. I won't labor, uh, labor that point. It's reading, ritualizing, or re-engaging with reading. Uh, the E is examining your energy, and I encourage you to filter your schedule and everything on your to-do list and that's ahead of you in the next week or month, and do an audit every so often, an energy audit, audit, and look at your schedule through the lens of energy. Color things green that you're doing that give you energy. Color things red that zap your energy. Color things orange that neither zap nor give you energy. And then step back and look at it. Do you see a lot of red? Like literally, do you see red? And if you see a lot of red, start asking yourself among those things, what can I eliminate? What can I delegate? Anything I can get rid of. If you see uh, maybe a lot of red back to back, can I insert some green in between some of those things? Or uh, uh, can I bring some orange or green to red? For me, my cute, I used to hate it. Uh, but I brought green to it by listening to audiobooks, mm-hmm. by listening to podcasts and making it less red. Uh, the A is assembling your advisors. And I think everybody needs to have – and you and I know this well because you've been a member of my personal board of advisors, people that you meet with on a regular basis that encourage you, challenge you, push you. Again, to do that first thing we talked about, outside your comfort zone. And then the M is is master your mornings. Understand that you need to spend some time filling your own tank mm. before you can go out and change the world and impact the world for the better. And and, and that means just having a routine and not just getting up uh, in the morning with enough time to get out the door, but actually setting aside an hour minimum To dive into things like uh, reading, uh, uh, affirmations, uh, visualizations, uh, some time for prayer and meditation, exercise, uh, whatever uh, your list of things is. Mine is 12 or 13 things long. I don't do them all every day. But I look uh, first thing in the morning, okay, what does today need based Mm -hmm. on my schedule? And I pick from among those smorgasbord of things I might do and do five or six that are really going to help me make the most of that day. So dance with discomfort. Reengage or ritualize reading, examine your energy, assemble your advisors, and master your mornings.
1: Dreaming, Jeff Brown, the book <laughs> Read to Lead, and the podcast is Read to Lead, and and borrowing from you and your podcast, a question that you, I believe, ask every guest is to talk a little bit about some books uh, that are impacting you right now or ones that you would say uh, are must-have reads for the rest of us.
0: Oh, great question. Um, I, I mentioned one earlier that, I, that I've really gotten a lot out of, uh, and that's Tiny Habits uh, by Dr. B.J. Fogg. I would de- definitely recommend that. If, uh, in addition to reading, you've got other habits that you would like to develop in your life and are just struggling uh, making those a reality, that habit recipe I talked about comes from Dr. Fogg. So that's definitely one uh, that I would recommend. Anything by Seth Godin. I've been a longtime fan of his. He's got about 20 books out now. Just pick any one of them. doesn't matter. They're all amazing. (laughs) But the most recent one is called The Practice. Um, the one that really impacted me and reignited my love for for reading 18 years ago is a book by Seth called Purple Cow. Uh, that's a great one uh, as well.
1: Excellent. Well, before we go, is there anything that we missed or to make sure that folks know about?
0: Well, if you'd like to find out more about the book, uh, certainly you can get it right now for 40% off um, at readtoleadbook.com. Um, And for those who pre-order, there's several hundred dollars in bonuses that uh, come your way when you do that. So those go away once the book is actually out. Uh, But if that's the case, uh, uh, then you can still download the first chapter uh, for free. But all of that is at readtoleadbook.com.
1: Awesome. The book is Read to Lead, The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. Downtown Jeffrey Brown, the hardest working man I know. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Doug. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you.